they normally ask me what nationality are you and I tell them I'm from India they go oh, you cook Indian food here a couple of times I had one of my good friend working with us and he just was just laughing on the table because this customer just made an expression like it's it's a, it's a crime cooking Italian food being Indian Today on Dirty Linen, we are in Melbourne town and we are talking to restaurateur David Lackey, who has Little Black Pig and Sons, an Italian restaurant in Heidelberg. David, welcome to Dirty Linen. Oh, thank you for having me, Danny. I'm really thrilled to talk to you and I was, um, I was going back through messages that we exchanged over the past year and I realised that we were first in touch in September in the depths of the bad lockdown uh, when you very kindly delivered some free bikes to some visa holders in my community. Yes, I did Um, because I was one of them not that long ago. So I do understand um, how these times can hit you hard. And, um, yeah, so it was absolute pleasure handing over those bikes because all they were doing just biting dust in a garage. So it was absolute pleasure. And um, I was very happy to do that. Well, thank you so much for doing it. And I think, you know, one thing that we've learned over this past year and a half is that there is there is so, such a warmth in the community and people are, it's just, sometimes it's just about like working out how to turn the tap on and then people's generosity just pours out of them. Yes, I do. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, um, we also did a couple of things uh, during the lockdown where, in all honesty, we couldn't afford it, but we did it because that made me feel better. One of them was um, cooking meals for people around Heidelberg who were in a great need. So we were doing around 150 to 200 meals every week. Um, from a restaurant point of view, could the restaurant afford it? No, but from a personal point of view, it just gave me a lot of satisfaction during lockdown. It just, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so lovely to hear about. And, you know, thank you for doing that for your community. Tell us a bit about your, the neighbourhood that you're in and about the restaurant. So the restaurant's been there for over six years and I had it, me and Amelia, um, Amelia is my wife, we had it for last four years. And um, it's a beautiful community uh, we have around us. Um, you know, we, we are honest business operators. You know, you walk to the restaurant Monday, Tuesday, we are normally closed. So when we go back to the restaurant on Wednesday, you normally see uh, fresh produce sitting by the door, which is from people around Heidelberg. Could be could be the herbs, you know. And then they tell you the stories um, behind those herbs. Could be a bush that is almost 40 years old um, of rosemary and um you know, then we try to put that into a menu so customers know that um, story behind it. Yeah, so it's um, it's a very small community, and um, you know, we are there for community. We are we call ourselves a community restaurant because uh, without without them, we are just nobody. Oh, I love that. And haven't we learned that over the past year and a bit that how absolutely crucial it is and, you know, neighborhood restaurants such as yours, I think of, you know, it, I know it hasn't been easy. It's been incredibly tough, but I feel like there has been that advantage of being embedded in a community. And as you so you know, beautifully said, you know, looking after the community, because that's just what you need to do as a person. Yeah, that that is so true. Because if you look after them, they'll definitely protect you during the rough times and which they have done um you know we are so 
lucky to be where we are and supported by a beautiful Heidelberg um, community and every, every other suburb around us. Um, and so, David, tell me a bit about what's brought you to Heidelberg and to Little Black Pig and Sons. What, what's your background and what were you doing before you took on the restaurant with Amelia? So I all, I've been cooking for the last 15 years and I always cooked Italian food. And um, we, me and Amelia were looking to get into our own business and we looked at so many different you know, places and we stumbled upon uh, Little Black Pig, which already had a really good reputation. Um, and I just walked in. When we walked in a door, it felt like it's home for us. And um, and I always liked the ideas of challenging yourself because you had to, because the restaurant already had pre-existing goodwill in the name. So you had to follow the certain aspects, which is, um, you know, weekly menus and, that's that's main reason um, we really got into Little Black Pig. Mm. I, I feel like you know when whenever you take on a restaurant that's already been there, there is that that feeling of you have to honour what's come before, even if there are changes that you want to make to put your own stamp on it. But I think as you know, a cuisine uh, it carries that as well. Like you've got that heritage of Italian cuisine that you're representing and carrying there. Um, tell me how you've sort of taken that on and, and balanced balanced those, I guess, competing uh, needs to express yourself but to um, to do something that's traditional. Um, so I was trained um, by uh, an 85-year-old Italian lady. Um, her name was Clara and um, I work alongside her for almost 10-plus years and um, – she was from Abruzzo. The whole family took me in and really taught me um, the ins and outs of Italian cuisine. And, you know, when Italian cuisine is so simple, um, the produce defines your menus. You know, it's all based on seasonal. And um, people normally ask me, why do you cook Italian food? I said, you only need three good ingredients to make a proper meal. For example, you got tomatoes, you got you know, fresh basil and buffalo mozzarella, that's it. That's your meal. Yeah, um, and, you know, coming from um, background from where I was born, and it's, and you know, and main reason why I do what I do at the restaurant is um, what we also focus on where I come from is family. Uh, food is family in Italian culture and in Indian culture the same. And um, it brings... Um, people to table you know you talk about your issues your problems on the table while you're breaking a piece of bread um and that's what i do what i do um at the restaurant cooking italian food right well i mean i definitely want to hear more about your indian background but can you tell me a little bit more about clara was this in a restaurant setting or a home setting what um clara her last name is capuzzi um the, her son had a restaurant um by the name of paisano where I actually got my first job as a apprentice. And um, with old school Italians, if you know, they have their own ways. And if you don't follow their ways, you, you, you will not last longer than a day or even an hour. Um, I was one of very few who was lucky to survive <laughs> that many years because I, I was a very good listener to her because she had a lot of 
you know, things to teach me. There was never a proper measurement of any recipe. There was not, not a single recipe that was around her. It was always um, lids of takeaway containers or this as a measurement tool. Um, which she's been, she was using for over the last 40, 50 years. And that's how I cook now. I do not measure anything when it comes down to, which can be frustrating for some of our staff members because I cannot exactly tell them how much to put in um, certain dishes. So, yeah, um, and coming from Abruzzo, she, you know, there's a beautiful cuisine. Um, that comes from that part of Italy, and and that's that's what we do, um, you know. I love it. I mean, the way that you speak about, you know, the produce that's dropped on the doorstep, I mean, there's no point giving someone a recipe and saying you need, you know, five sprigs of basil when it's someone's backyard basil because, of course, that can change so much from plant to plant and bunch to bunch and week to week. It's, I mean, you really do need to cook with that 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 uh, responsiveness to the ingredients, don't you? Yeah, that's true. And also, I, I strongly believe your emotions uh, play a big part when you cook any cuisine. Um, if you don't gel or connect with the produce or with the cuisine itself, doesn't matter. You can start with a steak that costs you $500. If you don't know how to connect with it, it's it will not be the same. Or you can start with a piece of meat that's ten dollars a kilo. If you know how to handle it, how to respect it, how to connect with it, you can have far better res- result compared to a six hundred dollar worth of steak. Mm. And I I really do feel in what you're saying there, there is such resonance with Italian and also Indian food in that sense of being so incredibly resourceful and um, and incredibly seasonal and really, you know, asking the ingredient almost what it wants to be, like which direction does it need you to go in to get the most from it? Yeah, that that is that is so true. And um, people um, nowadays tend to get make things so complicated that they forget Sometimes, not sometimes, most of the time, simple is the best. And, um, yeah, and, you know, when I was learning how to, when I was going to a cooking school, I was also taught, uh, One the trainer told, taught us, he goes, this is the recipe for a pumpkin soup, but the end result will be different from all of you. It's how you handle, how you, you know, it it could all change from how you saute onions. You know, it's it's the end result will be different because all of you are cooking it differently. I can only give you the recipes. It's the then it's up to you how how well you connect with it. It's so interesting because you know um, you've got to trust other people in your team to create the dishes at, at um, Little Black Pig and Sons. And, I mean, how do you balance that that innate difference in the way that people cook and a customer's desire for consistency? You know, they want it to taste like it tasted last time. Um, so our menu changes every week at the restaurant. Um, thing. Um, so it all depends on what they had last time. And um, I am normally uh, in a kitchen all the time. And I, I have another person. It's just two of us in the kitchen, and a, 
a really helpful kitchen hand of ours. So it's just three of us in the kitchen. And um, so I work closely um, with my staff member in the kitchen. His name is Sam. He's also half Chilean, half uh, Chinese background. So it's very colorful uh, mix there, <laughs> you know, because um, he, he's exactly the same. Food for him is all about the family, you know, because um, from a culture I come from, Danny, we I never heard a psychologist growing up. And I, ne- I didn't even know that thing exists because – when you eat dinner, you talk about family issues. You talk about your own personal issues. When I moved to Australia, this was very new to me, you know, if, you know, talking to a psychologist. And my mother-in-law is a clinical and forensic psychologist. I, I tell her all the time, I said, you know, I, I, I don't understand, but I respect the concept of it. And I had a customer at the restaurant once. He goes, my dad had this um, – 60-year-old table sitting in his dining dining room. And I tell him all the time, get rid of this table. And his dad turns around and says to him, if this table could talk, it will not shut up for a good 10 years. That's how many stories, good, bad, happy, sad, it has heard over the years, you know? So that's, that's for, for me, food is all about the family. And if you can't connect with your family through food, um, no amount of psychologists gonna do that for you. Well, I mean, I could probably have a good ch- chat to your wife about what it's like to to be the child of someone who works in that field. My dad's a psychiatrist, so what do you do? What do you do when you're sitting at the family dinner table and you feel like your father's analysing you? That can be interesting too. <laughs> uh, exactly. I still um, hear all about it when because uh, my mother-in-law she. She comes and uh, has a dinner with us once a week, and um, yes, it's it's difficult. <laughs> so, David, where in India are you from? I'm I'm from north um, region called Punjab. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, which is also mean the land of five rivers. Okay, and um, did you grow up near those rivers, or um, and, and yeah, did the rivers sort of shape the cuisine of the Punjab? And so the rivers run from all the way from Pakistan. So um, as you might know, the Punjab, and so there's a half of Punjab still exists in Pakistan. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of cultural history there because anybody who came from the Middle East to conquer India has to go through Punjab because that was the only way for them to easily get through in and out. So Punjab has a lot of um, food culture, um, as as the rest of India has. David, I know that um, some weeks ago you had a really upsetting phone call at the restaurant. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, it it all got uh, it all happened after, day after Mother's Day because we were on uh, postcards. And um, Monday, Tuesday, normally we home. So I was sitting down with the kids and the phone is normally diverted to my phone so we don't miss out on the bookings and all that. So I was sitting down with the kids um, after dinner. I had this phone call come in. Oh, you, you know, is it little black pig? I say, yes. Um, my name is David. How can I help you? Oh, so 
so one of the word I used, which I was taught, is cucina povera, which is peasant-style cooking or poor man's cooking, which is what Italian food is best described as. And um, so this person goes to me, so you cook Italian food? I say, yes, that's what we do. He goes, um, um, so you cook Italian food? I say, yes, that's what we do. So you cook cucina povera? I say, yes, that's what we do at the restaurant. Um, so this person has obviously done a lot of research and the phone came from anonymous number, so there was no track of it. And um, he goes, you know, Italians are assholes. Assholes. I said, I'm not sure about that. Then he repeated again. He goes, so you cook cucina povera? I said, yes. You should, you should go cook slumdog food. Um, this, per- this person, um, then he hangs up, and that, that was the end of the call. And... I was I was just sitting down with the kids. I I, I couldn't I couldn't understand. Um, it took me thirty thirty seconds to just you know comprehend what what happened just then. And um, yeah, and um, there were other couple of incidents before that, which was totally out of the restaurant, but happened because I also play soccer on Sundays and happened on the field. Um. And that that really really made me upset, and I just had to share my views, you know. So the whole idea behind it was, if that person had done so much research, going through the website, reading about me, reading about Sam, um, whose name was never mentioned on a postcards, and but this person knew exactly who Sam was, um. For him to go through that much of an effort and give us a call and just only to tell me that I should be cooking slum dog food. So, um, just just so in case people don't know, so postcards is a TV show um, that's on on the weekends, and you were on that just you know like they visit restaurants and you know celebrate the food that's been cooked and get a bit of the story. And so, you so, so you're saying that they would have perhaps seen Sam in some of the footage. Um, cooking with you yep that's right okay and um when you're talking about on the soccer field so you had like racist comments directed at you while you're playing soccer that was um sunday before mother's day so a week in advance jeez yeah so i mean that's i mean it's really obviously it's disgusting and um it's just so wrong in so many ways but it's also really so dumb to be like Italians are assholes and by the way I mean it's the person who said that is obviously um yeah has a lot of things wrong with the way that they think and decide to spend their time imagine doing that calling somebody to say that yeah and that's that's exactly um when I was going through the article you read on a Facebook um which is about why should my skin define what I can I cannot cook? Yeah, so you posted this on on Facebook, and I guess I can obviously see why it resonated with you. So it was an article um, from uh, a, a UK article from a Michelin star chef called Akhtar Islam, and he was interviewed and also appeared in a podcast where he expressed his views um he he has an Argentinian steakhouse and he thought he, he was told by someone or someone expressed surprise that, you know, he was cooking food that they wouldn't think that you could cook. And he said, well, 
um, why does my skin tone define what I can and can't cook? Why should it? No one has an issue with a chef who was born and brought up in England cooking French or Italian food because he's white. Um, so, I mean, obviously this really resonated with you. You, re- you read that on the back of having this really disgusting phone call and the other um, racial slurs that you um, were subjected to on the soccer field. I mean, was this something that coalesced for you? You know, was it something that you'd been thinking about anyway? Yes, because it happened a lot um, in the past. I, I am not the only one who went through it. Um, and I won't be the last one. But, you know, there are so many issues in uh, hospitality. People call it as a, a hus- uh, you know, industry with the bad lifestyle. Um, but it's not the industry. It's the people who make it the bad industry. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when I've been, I've been cooking in the kitchen for the last 15 years, and there are a lot of incidents where it has happened. Um, you know, I was just... When I first started working in a kitchen, my first job was a kitchen hand because that's the that's the only way. Fifteen years ago, you could enter in a kitchen um, from a different background, and um, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Um, and in my first week, I was called, "Why the fuck did you do that, you curry mancha?" You know, it's just there. there there's so many things. Um, happen in the biracial children and last thing I want my children to uh, if they happen to follow this path um, I am on which is hospitality uh, last thing I want them to come across something like this because you know not everybody is as mentally strong as person you know before me or after me so you never know the kind of influence you can have on somebody after these kind of comments absolutely I mean it's yeah, it, it it can be so damaging and it can really stay with you. And, yeah, I mean, it's just so undermining. Um, I mean, and illegal, by the way. <laughs> like it's Yeah, it is. You know, as, as I was saying to Amelia, um, I said I have, you know, being from a different um, country as an immigrant, you have a fear of losing everything. That's the fear you, you know, when you move to a new country, you know, that's the kind of fear you have. You work hard all this time. It might not be your own doing that you just stump, you know, you just everything goes downhill. You know, it could be somebody else's action can destroy your life completely. You know, so there's there's a far bigger risk of losing everything, um, you know, because I was, I was literally talking to Melia not that long ago about it. I said, I, that's what I feel. And she said, it's very interesting because she, she feels like she might lose everything, not because of anybody else's, because of her own doing. But as an immigrant in this country, I feel like I might lose everything, not because of my own doing, because of somebody else's, because it's cause it just, you know. You feel like you've got this extra vulnerability. Yeah. Or you're exposed, I guess, in a way that um, white people perhaps aren't. Yeah, you know, you know, you, we this happens a lot in a restaurant, Danny. Um, if I could record it, I would for you. Where people, 
because I go out and speak to pretty much every single table at the end of the night. That's part of the experience we're trying to provide to the diners. And um, they normally ask me, what nationality are you? And I tell them I'm from India. They go, oh, you cook Indian food here? <laughs> you know, just like small. It's funny at a time, but, you know, and then you, you got customers who, who just um, – Ask me, so you are the chef? I say, yes. Uh, you know, what nationality are you? There are a couple of times I had one of my good friends working with us and he just couldn't resist laughing on a table because this customer just made an expression like it's it's a, it's a crime cooking Italian food being Indian. Oh, my God. I mean. No, you know, you might not know these things as a like other chefs might not know because, as you know, we are we as a chef, in this industry, you're more happy to stay behind the scenes, do your job uh, to the best of your ability and just go. Not many people um, go out and talk to diners. I think you'll be surprised the kind of uh, comments you'll get to hear if every chef out there goes out and talks to the diners. I mean, uh, apart from the fact that just about every, well, you would be hard-pressed to find a kitchen in Australia, really, that didn't have as someone from the Indian subcontinent working in it these days anyway, cooking all cuisines. Yep. Um, and the other thing that, of course, comes to mind, David, is that he, I can think off the top of my head of about 20, um, let's say, modern Asian or fusion restaurants that are headed up by white chefs and there's very little questioning of their ability they don't seem to need to ask permission to cook a different cuisine but there's obviously a different there's a double standard there yep if you look at uh, massimo batura's osteria francescana um he doesn't cook there massimo isn't the one who's behind the pan this is um i'm pretty sure it's a japanese head chef there yeah well i mean if i even think of japan it's like there's i mean there's so much beautiful French and Italian Japan that's, you know, cooked by all kinds of people, including Japanese people. I think it's like, I think, well, what do you think it, what do you think you need to cook the cuisine of a culture that's not your own? Do you think there should be any sort of, I guess, barrier to entry? Is it about, is it about, you know, having a kala that sort of inducts you into it? Is it about reading widely? Is it just because you want to? Like, do you think that there there should be anything that stops a person from cooking any other cuisine? There shouldn't be anything. Um, if you love the cuisine and you believe in it, there shouldn't be anybody who should be stopping you or, you know. It, there, there are a lot of, you know, if you, in the article, I posted, you know, it did say there are a lot of so-called Italians out there think they can cook, but I can put my plate next to it and we let's do a blind taste. You know what I mean? It's um being being Italian does not give you give you the license to cook a better Italian food. Being a Japanese doesn't give you a license to cook better Japanese food or being Indian doesn't give you a better, you know, license to cook better Indian food. It's who got more passion, who who might have, yes, you might grew up in a household where your mom used to cook, but does not mean you know how to cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I hear that and I, that definitely resonates with me, but I also think conversely, I think there is something in like, uh, you know, like there's been quite a bit of media recently around white guys doing Asian fusion and doing it in a way that people perceived as disrespectful. Um, I feel like there is something in in bringing a kind of a humility and a willingness to learn and to engage with the the backstory and you know the history and the culture of different cuisines. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, you should. Uh, I think we. If you, uh, I'll give you my own example. If I want to cook Italian food, I should respect the culture. I should respect, um, you know, the opinion from somebody who is Italian. But at the same time, I don't think that gives them a license to just say what I'm doing is wrong. Um, or, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Of course they shouldn't. And I think also even the way that you talk about you know, the similarities that you've identified between Italian cuisine, you know, whether it's that sort of Cucina Povera um, outlook or it's about that reliance on beautiful ingredients or even it's about, you know, it's about that social aspect, you know, that you sit around and, you know, eating is the time that you share and connect. I think that that's one pathway into it's like your own authenticity with the food that you're creating. Yeah. Um, um, say if I wouldn't be able to, um, if, if I wasn't, if I think I wasn't taught the way it should be done and from what I understand, Italian food should be, I, sh- I shouldn't be, um, cooking. But my argument here is, um, that just because you don't disagree. You don't agree with um, what I'm doing. gives you gives you um, right to call out and say, because you are not Italian. In my case, you know, there there could be other chefs out there who are doing better job in cooking certain cuisines than person of the nationality. Um, it just is just you know totally. It's 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 not okay saying I should just focus on cooking slum dog food. No, it's absolute so, bullshit. I mean, it's you know, yeah. That's 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 the only point I have is doesn't matter any nationality if if you you know you learn the cuisine properly if you think you can do it without damaging the um actual authenticity. Because there is no such thing as original nowadays. Every, everything, everything is diluted. If somebody tells you that's his original recipe, it's absolutely garbage. Because original was it was seven eight hundred years ago, even longer than that. You know, that's now it's all been diluted. Well, it's all been layered and built upon as well. I mean, no one. No one in the world can make the Italian food that you're making with the ingredients that you're using from the lovely neighbours down the road and with everything that you bring to it. It's like every, yeah, every plate of food tells tells its own story and you have it. Yeah, of course, like you don't need me to tell you that you've got an absolute right to do it and anyone who 
thinks anything different should just examine should firstly just examine their preconceptions and and um and ignorance but secondly just shut up yeah that's but not many people uh, know how to shut up you know um that's why we're lucky to have platform like this where you can actually express your opinions and you know hopefully these people get to listen to these kind of podcasts and change their perception or mentality a little bit because you know this is hospitality is um in crisis at the moment where you know you everybody's crying there's no international students to do the dirty work but at the same time and these international students trying to venture out on their own and do something then it's not good enough um which which i you know you, you want people to do your dirty work but then when they're trying to you know do something and be better at it than person who taught them or person who's um next door to them is just cause a lot of drama yeah well i think yeah everybody just needs to be supported to you know live their dreams and if if that's as simple as supporting a new business or at least not taking your bad energy then yeah we just all got to we just all got to look after one another um david tell me what i'm going to eat if i come and have a beautiful winter meal with you in the next week or two so nick if you were at the restaurant last week i would have said eat the capretto which is um a goat um slow cooked goat um but we we got very very traditional dish on the menu next week which is um or this week um which is carciofe ripieni which is the artichoke stuffed with pork sausage um breadcrumbs and capers it's very very um old school dish which you don't get to see at um restaurants nowadays Oh, it sounds so good and very labor intensive, I bet. It, it is, but you know, when he, we have a lot of stories to tell about this dish because you know, he, he, this is one of the forgotten um, dish where you know, you got we got customers who come in and tell us their mum used to cook it for them since their mum passed away, they never had it. Oh. You know, and, you know, you ask any Italian who knows Italian food about carciofe, they will know what, what he's talking about, you know. And when you, when you get to see the stories behind it, that's that's one of the most satisfying thing I find at the restaurant um, in, you know, in what we do is the stories, the memories. You, you reconnect people, you know, with, with people have passed. You know, the, it's the memories, which is which you can't put price to that. Honestly, that's so beautiful. I've got tears in my eyes, and it just it it, it reinforces, you know, the absolute rightness of you cooking this food for your community. I mean, sometimes we think that the chef needs to bring the story to the table, but what you're also doing is unlocking the stories for the people who are eating the food, and that is so special. Oh, thank you. It's it's enough. Food is more to just cooking it and slapping it on a plate. It's it just you know you never know who you're gonna touch with what you put on a plate, you know, emotionally or mentally. So we we take a lot of pride in what we do at the restaurant, and um, 
and I hope um, whenever it might be, you get to join us and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I know that I'm going to enjoy it, David. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say? Uh, just that. Thank you. No worries. Well, thank you so much for um, for sharing this. And I really do think it's such an important conversation to keep coming back to. We've just got to you know, lead with kindness and just dismantle ignorance. Um, and, yeah, thank you for being a part of that today. And thank you very much for having me, Danny. I really, really appreciate it. No, I'll, I'm really grateful. So thanks so much, David, and take care. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is...